One of the delights that I have being part of and pastor of this local fellowship called Grace Fellowship is to be able to not only have the, the staff that we have, but, but all those who come along and make every service that we have so very, very special, whether that is being up here and singing and playing or whether that's being back taking care of children in the nursery, all those things are critically important uh, to allowing you to come and experience the presence of God. We want to remove whatever distractions that we can and, and try to help you to focus. I see that we have a, a few young children in here. And do you realize that this time of year, it's a little different for me. Tomorrow morning, I will not have any children coming down the stairs to gather around a tree, to open presents, and to do all those things. My kids are old, which is fascinating because I'm not. Did we already give Sherman his Christmas gift? I don't know. <laughs> if not, we may want to hold that back. Listen, I love kids, and, and the good thing is God's allowed me to have children here that I can play with, and, and I pray one day he'll, he'll bless me and we'll have some grandkids, and then I understand the fun really starts. Is that right? Listen, having kids is it's a lot of joy. It's a lot of chaos. And the actual process of expecting a child, there's a little joy, anticipation, and chaos in that as well, isn't there? There's a lot of it. Some of you had even, uh, I've heard some of your stories, some of your stories of going to have your, your child uh, on the way. I mean, people who, who didn't quite make it and had to have their baby someplace else. And I've heard those horror stories of you know, people who had babies in Walmarts and in the back of cabs and all these other things. And some of you probably have some interesting stories. And if it wouldn't embarrass you, it'd be pretty cool to have you just come up to the microphone and share them right now. But as I thought about Christmas, I thought about the chaos that was introduced into the life of a couple named Mary and Joseph, who were truly expecting everything to be normal, to get married and begin to have a family and and for everything to kind of roll along smoothly after that. But, but God had other plans. God sent the angel Gabriel to Mary. And then God sent an angel to Joseph in a dream to say, Hey, listen, uh, those plans that you had, I've got some bigger plans. And you guys are going to be a part of it. And it created this, this really chaos in their lives to, to think having to, to travel a, a good distance, either on foot or on the back of a, of, of a, a donkey, to try to, to get to this little town called Bethlehem, which truly at the time was no more than a village, and to try to find some place to stay when you are bulging with expectancy, uh, you know, that had to be just chaos for them. But then, of course, what we see, right? When you get the Christmas cards in the mail and you look at that scene, that manger scene, it's so peaceful and so calm. And you don't see all the chaos that led up to that. But behind the chaos, behind the chaos is an eternal plan of a loving God. And so this is going to be pretty neat. You get to experience this tonight. Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to do something I haven't really done on a Christmas Eve service before, and that is I'm going to use Matthew and Luke, and I'm going to simply read the Christmas story from there. But 
As I am doing that, you are going to get to see up on the screen a drawing of this manger scene coming together. And I'm going to let you warn. I'm going to warn you up front because I've seen this. It's going to look like chaos. It really is. As pages turn and new lines are drawn and colors are added and erased. and It's just going to look like chaos. But I want you to notice something. That behind that color, behind those dark finished lines, there was a sketch there all along. And from that sketch, from that plan came an incredible, beautiful scene that you're going to see. And how like that first Christmas this drawing is going to be. And so you don't have to look at me. You can look at the drawing as we, when we get started. But I want you to see it come together. And I want you to see the beauty that comes out of chaos because that is not only the Christmas story, that is the story of every one of us who've discovered what Christmas truly is about. So hear the story of Christmas. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. And he will be great and be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary asked the angel, how can this be, since I have not had a relationship with a man? And the angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and therefore the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called childless, for nothing will be impossible with God. I'm the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. And then the angel left her. Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. 
Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This is the first registration that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no room available for them. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over the flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the Lord said to them, Don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you the good news of great joy that shall be for all people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior is born to you, who is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to people he favors. And when the angel had left them and returned to heaven... The shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Then they hurried off, and they found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. After seeing them, they reported the message that they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. What an incredible story. How it all comes together in the end, right? It's okay. It's the story not of a far-off God who doesn't care. There's some people who, who have that thinking, that, that thought process, that this is who God is and how God responds, but he's not like that at all. Matter of fact, Jesus reminded us that this God that we worship is near. He not only watches over us, he is with us. That's why he came. That is his name, his title, Emmanuel, God with us, not far off but near. And for some of you and where you are in life and all that you're going through in life, it's a, it's a true challenge for you because you may not feel the nearness of God. You may not sense that God is near you at this moment. But I tell people all the time, don't be fooled by your feelings. Your feelings will lie to you. Instead, Trust, have faith. There is a God who is 
near and Christmas reminds us of the nearness of God. Jesus didn't come just to give us a day off from work. He didn't come just to give us another holiday. He came to give us a day which we honor as holy because we celebrate the coming of God himself to us. You see, Jesus came, as I shared this morning, Jesus came with a purpose. Just like when our uh, drummer back here, who actually drew this picture for us. (laughs) He started with something that wasn't on, wasn't digitized on computer, wasn't printed out on paper. He started with something that was on the inside and it came to pass as he began to work in it and through it. And, and God is doing that in your life right now or wants to do that. God starts with you right where you are. You don't have to earn God's love. You don't have to earn God's affection. You don't have to catch God's eye. God is paying intimate attention to you right where you are right now. He loves you just as you are right now. And he wants a relationship with you. And so many of you, I can look out at the faces right now. So many of you have discovered that relationship and the picture is coming together in your life. Where there was chaos, now there starts to be clarity. And you recognize that there's a God who is not only behind the scenes pulling strings. We do have a God who's in control. But we have a God who is with us even in the midst of our chaos. And who is guiding our life, guiding our plans, protecting us, loving us, guarding us. All through the process. I don't know what kind of God you grew up learning about in your life. I don't know the stories that you heard about him. Whether you heard any at all. But I can tell you this. You can know every story in the Bible. Backward and forward. And still not know the God of the Bible. You can know the Christmas story as you heard it read here and still not know that Jesus who was born and laid in a feeding trough. That Jesus who walked the dusty roads around the Sea of Galilee. The Jesus who was arrested and beaten and crucified. The Jesus, the same Jesus who was laid in the manger, then laid in a tomb. The stone rolled over to cover it. And with no telling how many people saying good riddance, we've heard the last of him. Some of you know the rest of the story. Because on the third day, that stone rolled back and Jesus was alive and is alive forevermore. No grave could hold him. Death could not keep its grip on him. And because of that, no grave can hold you and death cannot keep its grip on you. For some of you, Christmas morning 
It's not just a celebration around a tree with a bunch of presents. For you, it will be a time to say, thank you, Jesus, for the salvation that you have given to me, for the new life that I have, for the ability I have now to share the good news of Jesus with my children and my grandchildren so that they too can come to discover God's greatest gift, his son, Jesus Christ. There may be some of you here tonight, though, who don't know that. And listen, I'm not going to make you raise your hand. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to make you come down here. But I do want to let you know that we have provided in the back of each of these seats a little card. And if tonight you would want to know more about following Jesus, we want to ask you to take that card and just indicate that. Or if, you, there, if you've got something else you want to know about, how do I be baptized or how do I join the church or anything like that, but there's a box at the very top that says that I've given my life to Jesus Christ. Let me give you the exact wording of it at the top. It says that I prayed to receive Christ today. That's in there because I've never done this that I know of at a Christmas Eve service. But I really felt compelled tonight that someone was going to be here who needed a Savior. And who didn't know how to pray. Didn't know what words to say. I'd like to help you. And this is what I'd like you to do. If, you, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if, if you have that relationship with him, then I want to ask you to pray for those that you know who need a relationship with Jesus Christ. But if you're here today and you need that relationship, it's you, it's not somebody else, it's you, then I want to lead you in a short prayer. And if you mean it with all your heart and are ready to receive Jesus, then I want you to just check that box. And here's what we want to do. No matter what you put on that card, take the card and just put it on that seat rack in front of you. You don't, have to, you don't have to bring it to me. You don't have to get up and wave it in the air. Just put it on that seat rack and we'll collect it and we'll follow up with you and try to help you begin your walk with Jesus. But I'm going to ask all of you, if you don't mind, just kind of being quiet for a moment and, and maybe bowing your head and closing your eyes. You don't have to do that. But if you need to pray this prayer, then I want to help you. And it would go something like this. Dear Father, I know that I'm lost. I need a Savior. I need Jesus. And today on Christmas Eve, I'm willing to let go of the reins of my life and give my life to you. I turn away from sin, I turn away from selfishness, and I turn to you in faith. Lord, thank you for loving me before I ever loved you and for sending your son to be my savior. I believe in Jesus. I trust in him tonight. And I want to follow him all my days. And I pray this in that name of Jesus, my Savior. Amen.